1: Hello and welcome to this episode of the Wolves Fancast Alternative Hall of Fame. In this episode, we've got a fourth inductee into, well, what we like to call.
2: It's a for. Outstanding achievement live.
1: Before we get into it, you can listen to the first three inductees. ...of our Alternative Hall of Fame... Ned Milias, John DeWolf and George Eddakobi. You can get those episodes... ...in all your usual podcast places... ...wherever you listen to your podcasts from... ...so go check them out there. And if you're a regular listener to the show... ...or a new listener and you have liked what you hear so far... uh, ...then don't forget to give us a five star review... ...and a comment on iTunes. Everyone tells us it helps you get up the ratings... ...and if you're a fellow Wolves fan... ...why not help out a, a Wolves podcast... ...to help them up the iTunes ratings chart. Anyway... On to it, the fourth inductee into the Wolves FanCast Alternative Hall of Fame. And on this pod, we're talking about this man.
2: Shenton's ball in, and Dar came through the crowd. he's got another! It's a double strike for Georgian Dar! And Wolves now close to their first victory in eight meetings with their deadly rivals. I said he was the threat, he's won a couple, he came from a short corner this time. He worked it very cleverly, but really this is just about the tenacity of Undar. He gets amongst three West Bromwich Albion players. He shows more desire than anybody else to win the header. And he certainly gets his rewards. Perhaps takes a slight deflection, but Russell Holt has got no chance whatsoever. And what a great time to score your second goal in the football match.
1: He had the pace of a cheetah, a bullet header to rock any foundations, and the wand of a foot to put magic in the air around Molyneux. George Ibai Limalisa and Dar became a fan favourite with his shooting boots and a smile to win over any mother. It's the George and Dar alternative hall of fame induction. Everybody uh, on the podcast on the Skype line. Uh, Ben's with us. Hello, Ben. Uh, hello. And Jordan as well. Hello. I love the delayed reaction. <laughs> That's Skype for you. Hello, yeah.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Right, we're going
1: to talk about uh, Jordan Dar in this uh, Fancast Alternative Hall of Fame. Uh, He joined Wolves in October '99. He was at Wolves for seven years. Wolves were his last club, which we'll talk about in a bit. And he joined Wolves from Swindon for about a million pounds. Uh, Jordan, I'll come to you first. Do you remember what your earliest memories of Undar was?
3: Um, For myself, it's always that Um, the Black Country Derby where he got two goals against the Albion um, in the 3-1 win. That's sort of like my earliest memory of George and Dar in a game. Um, Always just remember the the image of him like rounding Russell Holt. And then, I want to say he placed it in the far corner, but I think he sort of scuffed it a little bit. And like, the the, the Albion defender ran past the ball to the near post and it's just like trickled in the far post. It looks like like the coolest finish ever, but... Yeah, I'm, yeah, I don't. Yeah, he, I think he meant it, obviously, but I did think he scuffed it a bit. But that, in terms of my th- earliest memory, it's definitely like in rounding Russell Holt and then um, scoring his second goal in the game for myself.
4: I think we're being a bit harsh on him on that. <laughs> well, I think you're being a bit harsh. I'm about to possibly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I watched the goal earlier today, to sort of refresh my memory. And there's no other way that that goes in than exactly where he's placed it and to be fair it does look a score but it's just that if if he hits it anywhere else there's two defenders covering and he like puts it perfectly in between them but it's just the the pace and the first touch as well when he rounds him it's, it's just such such a well taken goal can oh 100% it, it's I, I think the memory it's just that I love that kit as well like that kit is just one of my favourites that sort of like the darker yeah the darkest, it was almost like a rust colour, wasn't it? Um, and just everything about that sort of era, and just those two goals were just, just incredible. Like looking back, but particularly the second. Uh, the first wasn't it? The first, it just the technique to to finish it, it was just incredible.
1: It's really the pace window. You, we'll talk about a couple of goals in a, in a second, but you don't realise until you watch the highlights back that he had this incredible. Pace going through it forward to kind of split defenses open. All defenses were a bit scared of kind of trying to get around you. Almost a bit, a bit like what you see with Jota now. Yeah,
0: yeah he, def- he was.
3: Yeah. Sorry, Ben. I was going to say, yeah, it was just explosive pace, wasn't it? In terms of like, a bit like a as you say. But he sort of when he once he got the when he had the ball at his feet. I mean, there wasn't the skill of, you know, or finesse, should I say, of like step overs and everything. It was just head down and it just went and like some of his goals he scored was just down to sheer pace, really. It was just that, you know, that fast. I mean, that game we were talking about just as well, um, where um, he scored two against the Albion. Like, he was up front with Michael Branch that day as well and Adam Proudlock. So, Adam Proudlock had no pace. But, I mean, to have Andar and Michael Branch on either side of, you know, Proudlock, I mean, that that is some pace in that team. Um, But... Yeah, like I say, with N'Dar, he's just so explosive um, in terms of you know raw pace. And unfortunately, injuries which we'll come on to did scupper him. Um, but yeah, for me, it was you know when he was fit and firing, he was a fantastic player for Wolves and very underrated.
4: Well, I think, I can't confirm it because I've been looking on the internet and I can't actually get a line-up. But I'm fairly sure George N'Dar played for Palace, um, the first Wolves game I ever went to. Oh, hello. Uh, and they lost. Wolves lost three 0 I fell asleep in the second half. <laughs> but I am I would say I'm ninety percent sure that Andar played for Wolves. So it was love at first sight.
1: I'm gonna double well,
4: what... not 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 for Wolves obviously, but... <laughs>
1: um I'm sure I've seen a tweet about that, but I'll I'll try and find it and come and come back to it. Um in in terms of uh, his stats, gents, 87 appearances at Wolves, 15 goals. Now, I'm not going to ask you to name all of them. Don't worry on on this occasion. But um, th- there are some goals that really stick out, special moments. Um, obviously, you've got Derby away, Leicester at home in the FA Preston, Cup. Preston, Preston, Preston. as well. Preston. And also, Preston. And also uh, Newcastle in the FA Cup as well. Are there any of those that, or any goals that perhaps stick out to you as that is my favourite and our goal?
4: I love that Preston goal. It's one of the most bizarre, unbelievable solo goals I've ever seen. He runs it for about 60 yards. No one even attempts to tackle him. By the time he gets to the edge of Preston's box, there's four players around him who all just decide to just let him continue. And at one point, he looks like he's going to do a trick, (laughs) just continues to let the ball bobble on the pitch. And then unleashes one of the weakest shots you've ever seen, that just spins into the bottom corner. So it's it's one of the one of the best individual goals, and also one of the worst that you'll it, ever see. It's one of the is, greatest default
1: goals of all time.
4: It's just that is just George and Dark just perfectly it's summed up in twelve seconds of grainy YouTube footage.
3: Yeah, and watching that clip back earlier as well, knowing you know in preparation for for the podcast today, like. Defend it. I always remember him, like, you know, from, in my memory anyway, of him running so far with the ball and putting it in the far corner, but watching it back, sort of like, similar to what Ben said, like, like, the Preston defender, it was like Roger Johnson-esque for West Ham in that Man City game, And Yaya Torres ran at him, like, literally, he just ran back, backwards, 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 and he had nowhere else to go with the defender, and then uh, obviously, Indars had the shot, he took a slight deflection, but it's how even nestles in the far corner of the net, everything about it, it just looks, yeah, yeah, I, think, a real, I, think his, really I think his
4: goal against Leicester is probably like technically probably better. Yeah,
1: that's what, I love yeah. that goal. It, it's what I talked for about how you watch that goal. He's got that pace, but also he's got four defenders around him, and they're all too too scared to try and take the ball off him
4: because he looks so fast on that goal yeah. as well against Leicester. But because the, the goal against Preston is sort of like a it's a long dribble. Leicester is just explosive, and the finish is class as well. It's just such a good goal. You just you watch it and just think like, <laughs> what could he've done. If he hadn't have had these like crippling injury problems, it's like you that particularly that goal against Leicester, like even in the Premier League, I can't see how how defenders could have ever been able to stop him.
1: I think in the group chat today, I think Dan put a video up of did he he scored like a worldy goal against Bradford at home, was it? I think yeah, Yeah, top top left hand corner. But I think as well the Newcastle goal in that three two win is probably a bit of an iconic goal because it it was especially as a kid watching that back. There did seem like a moment where you thought, we might actually be onto something here finally. We might actually be going in the right direction.
3: Well, that that game was obviously, you know, well, it was, a, it was a, just a cracking result, really, when you put it on paper. I know it was the third round of the Cup, um, but, you know, for atmosphere, the occasion, how well actually Wolves played in that game as well. Um, you know, I suppose it was, and I don't want to sound like I'm an old fart here. But the FA Cup back in like you know I think it was the oh two oh three season wasn't it? Um, yeah. We beat them um, in the cup. Like the, the top teams still played like a strong team in the FA Cup, didn't they? So like that Newcastle team, you know you had it still Shearer, Bellamy, Solano, Robert, Jermaine Jeaneson just signed for big money from Forrest and he's I think he scored as well.
4: Um, well, I've got I've got the Newcastle team here if you want to hear it. Go on. So, you've got Shay Given, Griffin, O'Brien, Hughes, Bernard, Solano, Akuna, Genus, Robert, Shearer and Bellamy. That, that, yeah, that's it a was, decent it was a, team then. That is a it, was a, it was a good team. Yeah. And that was the Champions League team, wasn't it, as well? And they they finished third. Yeah. That Newcastle team worked. Like, I think it's overlooked because we think of Newcastle as a different level of team. But they were an unbelievably good team. They were in the Champions League in that season and finished third, can't like you say? Yeah,
3: and I'm, at the moment I'm um, I'm playing. Um, there's a fancy chap, man. 102 on Twitter. I'm not sure if anyone's seen it. Um, and like, it's that sort of era that Newcastle team. And um, I captain Alberto Solano on the weekend, and he got me a goal and assist. So I was quite happy about <laughs> that. But like, you know, looking at the team sheet, that is that it is that era of Newcastle team. And that that result, um, I and it's slightly off off topic. Um, but that result was when you take it in context, was probably one of the best. Wolves victories in I don't want to say, well, it was in my lifetime, I guess. At that you know, that short stage, so there wasn't much to shout about till about three years ago. Let's be honest. Um, so yeah, you know, it was a cracking win, and obviously Undar in that game got the winner, um, right place, right time. And I,
4: I, I just think it's when you when you think about Nadar Undar, it's a lot of obviously it was quite a fleeting, quite a. F- fleeting career at Wolves. Uh, he was there a long time, but as you say, 89 appearances, it's not that many, but it's the moments that he had. So he scored in that win over Newcastle, which is such a memorable, such a memorable game. He scored two against Albion. He scored these goals against Preston, against Leicester, against Bradford. So he, he like packed quite a lot into to quite a small time. It's quite like, it's quite similar to Matt Murray in a way, that he's so well respected, even though it was quite a small, Quite a small sample size that we can look back
2: on. as well. This is Fox Just dwelt on it too long. Crowdlock came back well. Robinson's played it through. This is a gamble by Holt. And Andar has scored. Holt misjudged it, and that's a sweet goal for Georgian Adar, who broke his leg. Against- goal is about, the tenacity of Wolves to win this ball back West Bromwich Albion in one possession and then as Bradlock it was, it foraged superbly well, it's a very clever ball through to Undar? the goalkeeper's really committed, the Cardinal sin he doesn't have to come really, Undar's going wide of the goal Very surprised to see Russell Holt as far out of his goal as he was. And Undar certainly gets the ball past the two defenders, absolutely spot on. dissects them both. And that's 1-0 to Wolves. It has been slightly against the run of play, but they were more and more back into the game as this first half was evolving. Well, goals have out. Flow too freely for Georgian Dahl since his move here, mainly because of course of that massive disruption to his Molyneux career when he broke his leg in that challenge by Matt Carbon. that certainly wasn't pretty in Justin Dahl's third game for the club but what a way for him to
4: Answer me this. How long have you had that mattress? Because it's looking even lumpier than my lockdown love handles. And while those might be more cuddly, a lumpy mattress is doing nothing for your comfort levels or your sleep. So whatever body you're rocking, put it on a Nectar mattress. And right now you can save over $500 on any queen or king bundle. That includes a Nectar mattress, foundation, mattress protector, cooling pillows, and sheet set, as well as our 365-night home trial and a forever warranty. Go to Nectarsleep.com save 500 and get hugged.
1: Hey, it's David here. Now, I know you, you love a bloody good website, don't you? Look, come on, you do. You like a good website. If you're on your phone, you're on your computer thinking, I want to see a bloody good website, I'm going to go find one right now. If you want a bloody good website, and you want one for yourself, for your business, why don't you go check out our sponsors, pixelyetimedia.com. They don't just do websites, of course. They do loads of different things for your marketing needs, such as design work and brochures. And they do our website as well, wallsfancaster.com. It's a really good design. We're really pleased with the work over at the guys at pixelyetimedia.com. So, again, you're looking at some websites, you're thinking, oh, I really want a website that looks that good just for me and my business. Why don't you go check them out right now at Media? Well, just to give you a, re- a quick recap on the kind of how he started life at Wolves. He had, pre- had previous successes at Palace and Swindon. Uh, when he joined Wolves, three games in he actually got injured against West Brom. And it wasn't until autumn 2000 that he actually came back and then obviously scored those two goals against Baggies. But then again, shortly after that, he had injury that ruled him out for the rest of the season. Uh, he came back for uh, like a proper run in the 0203 season. He played 30 games and scored 11 goals. But he missed the playoff final that year um, after getting injured in the home leg against Reading in the semi-final. Kind of touching on what Ben was talking about there, gents. Uh, do you think that then those goals... Such as the goals against Newcastle and Leicester, perhaps really cemented his cult status within fans of the club.
3: <clears throat> um, for myself, I think it was just, I think the cult status really around it. Or especially for myself, was um, it was just he was. I think the fans could see how how good of a player he was, barring the injuries. Um, and every time he came back, I, I mean. Let's be honest, he never had, like, a little calf strain. It was always, like, a leg break, a cruciate. It was always, like, some major, like, injury. He was, like, probably the most unfortunate (coughs) footballer in history. Um, And every time he came back, he always looked like... He always looked like an absolute threat still. And I think that it was the fact that he was always... You know, he'd always come back. And when he played, he always... For me, he probably did have bad games. I'd have probably been around about... Eleven or twelve, you know, ten, eleven at that age. So i couldn't tell you if he had a bad game or not. But um, I always remember, it. like you say, I think that's why he's so iconic. He's for such a short career in terms of games played for Wolves. There's that many like iconic goals and moments he had. So for me, I think that's probably why he does have sort of that cult hero status within fans.
4: I mean, as as you say, like in terms of age, like when he was actually when he was playing well for Wolves, I was I was young young bit younger than you so I'd have only been well, yeah, when he when he won when we beat Newcastle I'd have been ten, eleven, yeah, so about the same. So it was just the fact that he was so excited. He was just so fast. And when you when you're nine and ten years old, like they're the players that you love, the ones that are fast and score goals. Like you say, I sound like a child because I'm I'm sort of re- recounting my memories of him as a child. But he was just the kind of player that just makes you get off your seat and the kind of players that you could compare them to the ones that you see when you're, in, when you're watching the Premier League, when you're watching Owen, that was just unbelievably quick. And then you could see Undar doing the same sort of things for Wolves.
1: I mean, unfortunately, from that moment, it seemed to be the end of the road for Undar, and It took a few years for that to happen for him. He missed the whole of the Premier League season, oh three, oh four, 3 uh 4 an
4: How unlucky, sorry to... Yeah, no, go on, in. go on. How unlucky when you actually think about that Premier League season <coughs> where you've got and Dar missed the entirety of the season. Lescott <laughs> missed the majority of it. Murray missed the majority of it. It's just, it's gutting, really, isn't it? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's bizarre. It's like it, it took us that long to get there, and then it it kind of just never really, never really happened for for one reason or another. It was just it was just so frustrating that, like looking back, it took it took us that long to get there, and then three of our most impactful players missed the the entirety of the
1: season, it's just gutter. Um, he made uh brief appearances in the 04-05 season but he didn't really play his first game um until two years later when he played where we played Palace and he got a standing ovation when he came off the bench um and also he then he then had more of a regular run in the 0506 season but sadly again by the December of that that season he was injured what would be his last game against Sheffield Wednesday. He did a programme with Premier League World uh, not so long ago where he talked about his battle with depression and mental health. Um, he was asked about if there was a moment when things changed for him. He said, Sheffield Wednesday away. We were playing really well and I got a kick from the side and my knee went in. I went off the pitch into the dressing room and the physio came in twice my knee. The physio said, listen George, when we come back in, back in at half-time we'll come back in and have a really good look at your knee because the game was still going on. The kit man was getting me bits and pieces, and then he went out and the door closed. I just broke down into tears, and I hadn't cried for years—probably not since my childhood. But I knew then. I thought, you know what? That's it. I've had enough. That was that. But even from even then on, uh, the depression spiralled because then I had to come terms to terms. Sorry, uh, then I had to come to terms with being out of the game. And unfortunately, on the 28th of April 2006, he announced his retirement from football. We've kind of touched on it before, gents. But without the injuries, do you think that Undar could have actually been one of the great strikers at Wolves in what I would say the modern era?
3: I think if you, if you again, like we can only go off the, the mem, you know the moments that he provided us in. Like I say, it was like a seven-eight year career with Wolves, but you know, really, they made games we played, like, two and a half seasons really out of the seven-eight the moments he gave us, you'd say 100% yeah. Um, Like I say, Ben alluded to, he was so exciting, explosive. He did did score his fair share of goals for us when he had a run in the team. Um, You know, I I do think he could have been a cult, like he does have a cult hero following, I guess, albeit maybe small, um, but definitely if he'd have not got the injuries, he could have, yeah, it could have been a better... He could have had a far better career at Wolves um, in terms of goals and appearances. Um, and to touch on that as well, sort of when he first joined the club as well, I know that him and he was playing up with Adiak and Boye. And I know there's probably there's a story about Adiak and Boye. Might touch on a bit later, but even that those two as a partnership, like you know, in the in the in the championship or the old Div One as it was back then, that's as good as you're getting at that level. And I always thought, like, with N'Dar, when he was on the pitch, something could happen. So, yeah, 100% for me.
4: It's it's quite... I was... Um, I did the Milias pad a couple of weeks ago, and I think there are quite a lot of similarities between the two in the fact that... of how highly they're regarded, because it's a, it's a, always a sort of thing of what could have been. And I, I think... I feel the same about Milias as I do with N'Dar. It's obviously slightly different circumstances. But... It, when you... When you saw him at the time, when you look back, you just think he's got all the tools that that should have made him, well, that could have made him such a fantastic. I, d- I don't know whether he'd have been. I'm not going to sit here and say he scored 30 goals in the Prem because obviously there's a reason why Palace let him go and Swindon let him go. So, but you'd say in that in the Championship or Division One, like how, how many, like how many strikers that had the tools that he had were around? There can't have been too many.
1: Uh, just before we get on to the uh, end of this alternative hall of fame, I want to look at stories and anecdotes. Did you uh, cover anything up at all in your research on on George and
4: Dar? I think you've got the best ones, to be honest. So <laughs> we've talk- we've talked about a few in the um, in the much vaunted fancast group, yeah. yeah. And there are I've, I've seen a couple of good ones, but it's for, for something that was only what we know. So let's say it was le- it was less than twenty years ago it's like a different world it's like if you wanted to find something that that happened 10 years ago like the internet is sound for that you go back another 10 years and you're like looking at the world's first website (laughs) like to, to, to people that are a little bit older this is gonna make me sound like really young but like looking at trying to find things from when i was like eight or nine it's like trying to find like the first transcript of the bible
1: can to have to actually go to a library as well? It's almost <laughs> like everything, you know, like going on to see facts, isn't it, to get the scores? That's how, that's, that's how it feels
3: like.
4: <laughs> I've basically had to load up in Carter for some of this
3: tonight.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, right, so some bits and bobs I found out. He's, uh, his wife wrote some song for the Sugar Babes, which I thought was a nice little factoid. Um, he did receive a call-up from the Nigeria squad, but... As is a common theme, unfortunately, for Undar, he, he had to miss that due to injury. And There's a great quote from Akim Boye, which someone put in our group chat today, that said, I was watching the Blackburn game on TV on Sunday when it flashed on the screen that George and da had scored in the first minute of Birmingham. My first reaction was to ring him up. Then I remembered he was out there playing. I <laughs> thought, thought it was great. Um, a couple of bits on Twitter as well. Uh, Paul Berry, friend of the show, uh, says uh, from memories wise his goal at Preston Way as well I was working for the Birmingham Mail when the sports Argus was running so you had to file via phone as the game was going on. As the ball went in I let out an expletive which I then had to apologise for to the to the poor copy taker on the other end of the phone um, <laughs> and also he says on top of that he's just one of the nicest people you could ever meet. As a young and naive reporter he made interviews so relaxed and easy uh, and also Alan On Twitter says in terms of memories, I think it was his debut at home against Sheffield United. Swear he gave the defender five yards head start and just tore past him like he was running on the spot. Triore is fast, but would have loved to see a race against Undar. I think it would have been close. Um, So, some great memories there. Gents, I'm going to go on then.
4: Sorry, I've just got one. I remember him coming out before, uh, I'm fairly sure it was a game against Albion, Um, coming out onto the pitch. Whether it was half time or before the game, the memory is quite hazy. But the reception was absolutely incredible for him, and as we said, for someone that only played like such a limited amount of games, the sort of the standing that he still has within the sort of fan base is it's so strong.
1: And I think we'll finish up, gents, on this question, and we've done this question on a couple of other podcasts as well. Could a peak George Undar fit into? Today's team.
4: Who goes first?
1: <laughs> Jordan, I'll, I'll oh. let you go first go on this one.
3: This is one way you set yourself up to fail. Um, so, in my you know, I think I made it pretty clear how I feel about George and Dot. So, if I was picking an eighteen-man squad, um, you you'd, I, I think, he'd again. I'm not saying he'd start, but I think there's a place for him in a three-four-three, isn't there? You think?
1: Um, Would you probably have, have him more as a squad player,
3: as a backup can, Dave, striker? I, I, Dave, I don't think I can put George and Darwin in front of Troy or Ray and As much as I love him, like, and I, I don't want to be a scapegoat. I'm not. I'm not going to say that. Do I think he could? Do I think he could do a job in the in the squad within our team right now? 100. Um, percent Could you imagine him like on the counter attack at the minute? Like you know, coming off. Come off the bench if you be like two and a look in a game or and like you just you know you got Troy or the one wing and again I'm, I'm already made saying and Dar's coming on for Jota and you got <laughs> and, and you got a on the left. Like imagine just hitting a channel ball for those two just to chase after it. Like it'd be insane. Like for me, again, my memory's a bit hazy like you know, hazy because of my age and stuff. Um yeah, I'll I'll take him in an eighteen. I'm not saying he'd start in this eleven by any shape, way, shape or form, but he have started in most Wolves 11s over the last twenty twenty five years, wouldn't he?
4: Um, I'm gonna have to apologise to ten year old Ben. I think, <laughs> I, think he'd have, I think if you'd have asked me this question at almost any point in the last twelve years since he's retired, I would have quite comfortably said yes. But if we're you know if we're being boring and realistic, Wolves are a slightly different level to. To that sort of side that we had then, he was a he was a very exciting championship lower Premier League player, I would say, if he was fit. Wolves a a little bit above that now, aren't they?
1: How dare you win this podcast and not know? I know,
4: I know. I can't believe. I, <laughs> no, because the easy answer is just say, yeah, he'd have probably started because who's going to prove me wrong? No one. No, yeah. Then, Nuno, Nuno's yeah. not going to pick him. Yeah. So delete that bit. It, <laughs> so, for anyone listening uh, yeah. it's at Ben Husband if you want to give them about <laughs> no, I'd start them up front instead of him and us yeah
1: uh, okay Jen thank you very much for your time that is it for this episode George and Dar is the fourth inductee into the Wolves Fancast Alternative Hall of Fame if you've got a suggestion of someone you'd like us to induct in just get in touch to this podcast at wallsfancast.com or get, us, get in touch with us on the socials just type in Wolves Fancast and you will find us then so well done George you are part of the Wolves Fancast alternative hall of fame.